is the Dan Grasso Show. But the Jets and the Giants, over the first two days of this draft, they've checked boxes. And you talk about bragging rights, and you talk about who's better, who's this, who's that. Now you're going to hear Jets and Giants fans for the next five years go back and forth with one another. Not about whose quarterback is better. Not about who's, you know, got the better running back or the better wide receiver. No, who's got the better center? Jets decide to go with Tipman from Wisconsin, and the Giants get another Big Ten center. The kid from Minnesota and John Michael Schmitz. Dan Grasso Show on a Saturday's morn. Right here on 987 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We got Joe. We got Harvey. And we're hanging out with you for another 60. Then Anita is going to take over. And then after that, let me give you the rest of the day here for you. Because why would you change the channel? I mean, it's rainy. It's crummy. You know, you just want to sit home maybe with some Chinese food. Watch the raindrops outside. And listen to 98.7 ESPN. Anita comes up at noon. Then at 3, you got Gordon. Gordon's going to go till 7 today. Four big hours of Gordon. You know that he's got some A-plus stuff. Then you're going to have a 30-minute bridge show from Don LaGreca from 7 to 7.30. Tweet that! Print that! And you know why it's a special bridge show? Because it is going to be as authentic a bridge show as you're ever going to find anywhere. You know why? Because it's literally going to be emanating from the Chase Bridge at Madison Square Garden. How about that? So it is a bridge show from the bridge, and we call it the bridge show because he is going to bridge the time between 7 and 7.30, and then he's going to do Ranger pregame. Devils, Rangers, elimination situation tonight, possibly for the blue shirts, even though I think that they're going to answer the call and find a way to win a hockey game on home ice. Nothing more, nothing less. As simple as it sounds, win a hockey game at home. They've won plenty of them all season long. Now you got to do another one tonight. Just so happens that your season is on the line. Get it back to Jersey for a game number seven on Monday night. We shall see. So you got that to look forward to for the rest of the day here on this fine radio station. As far as the baseball is concerned, um, Yankees last night, they didn't have Garrett Cole pitching, and you knew that it was going to be a tough task before he even threw the first pitch, because it was Clark Schmidt against Jacob DeGrom, not to mention the fact no judge in the lineup. And outside of, you know, DJ, Rizzo, and Glaber Torres, it wasn't exactly the second coming of Murderer's Row from, you know, four through nine for the remainder of that lineup. And they went out there and basically resembled as much for the remainder of the game. And, And the only reason probably that game was even a 5-2 to two final, was the fact that Jacob DeGrom had to depart in the fourth inning, which what is now being called forearm tightness. And, and, and this isn't an opportunity to gloat and say, you know, I told you so if you're a Met fan with what's happening to Jacob DeGrom. But it just so happens that, you know, this is already the third instance, and we're not even out of April yet, to where he's now potentially sidelined due to some sort of an ailment. Remember, his first day of spring training with the Rangers, he had, I think they called it side tightness, and it delayed his throwing by a couple of days. Then his last start, or two starts ago, he had wrist soreness and had to come out of the game. But this one, all kidding aside, seems to be the most serious because if you watch the situation play itself out yesterday in that fourth inning, When Mike Maddox, the pitching coach of the Rangers, came out of the dugout, Bruce Bochy, the manager, and it it took a while. 
I mean, normally, like, if, you know, a, a pitcher's not feeling well, something's bothering him, the manager comes out, the pitching coach comes out, and, and he's off the mound in, you know, 30 seconds back to the dugout. It was just – they were just standing there for, for well over a minute, and, and nothing was happening. It was a while before Bochi even got out of the dugout and, and came to the mound. And, and when he got there, DeGrom, they didn't even exchange words, didn't even make eye contact. He just walked off the mound into the dugout. So, I mean, this doesn't sound good at all. He wasn't a made available after the game to talk to the media it's it's just a damn shame and you know look the Mets rotation right now is nothing to write home about it's a mash unit in their own right even though Verlander appears uh, ready to make his debut finally in a couple of days but that's why as great a pitcher as this guy is you would have been foolish to go near the 185 million dollars the Rangers gave him right you would have been foolish. You know, Steve Cohen didn't, be a, didn't become a multi-billionaire because he was stupid. And, and that was, unfortunately, one of the tough decisions that you have to make. But in the end, it, you know, it, it might work out in the Mets' favor because if DeGrom is down for the count here and, and forearm tightness, that basically encapsulates, like, basically anywhere from the wrist down to the elbow. You know, the, the kind of just the generic term is the forearm. But if he's got to go under the knife or if he's got to miss, you know, significant time – this is what you were afraid of in making it. Look, if DeGrom was the beacon of health, and if he had a track record of durability, forget about 185. Steve Cohen would have given him 485 million if you knew that he takes the baseball every five days. But that's not the case with this guy, unfortunately. And it sucks for us as baseball fans, not just you know those of us that rooted for the Mets while he was here, but as a baseball fan, somebody that enjoys sports, we're being deprived of potentially one of the great talents to ever step on a mound. I mean, can you imagine if this guy could ever stay healthy? You might be talking about, like, somebody with the stuff that he has is like a Mount Rushmore-type pitcher. But that's never going to come to fruition because the availability part is something that's always going to get in the way of Jacob DeGrom, unfortunately. But neither here nor there, and if you're the Yankees, you know, which is how we started this conversation, you know, you got to get these bats going. And that's even when Aaron Judge is in the lineup. And, and I know that it's still April, and we're not even 30 games into the season. But a couple of things that you notice here so far for the Yankees in, in regards to what it's going to take for them, you know, over the long haul this season. Number one, Tampa Bay looks like a machine. And they're not going away. Now, I don't think that they're going to be playing, you know, 80% winning percentage baseball all throughout the season. But they're going to be in the playoffs, and they're a real good team. Toronto, you know, on paper is just as good, if not better, than the New York Yankees. And they're going to be in the mix. The surprise that we have already in the first month of the season is Baltimore. Because Baltimore was like the feel-good story of the season last year. And then they went out there and, you know, didn't really have a very active offseason. They didn't make any major moves because they got a lot of young talent coming up through the farm system still. But you wondered if they would be able to carry over the strides that they made a year ago into this season, not really adding to the club. Well, look at the start that they've gotten off to. And you just got to wonder about the Orioles because of their ownership and as screwed up as that situation is down there with the Angelos family, if they continue to play good baseball on into June and July, is ownership actually going to give the front office the green light to go make some moves and to bring in some better players to where this team can make a run? Bottom line is this. If those three clubs are legit, and the Yankees are going to have to deal with them in the American League East, well, what does that say about their chances? Because here's the other issue that's plaguing the Yankees again. And I thought that Bob Klapish 
wrote a real good story uh, in, on NJ.com about this the other day. Why are the Yankees always hurt? Right? Like, why can't the Yankees stay healthy? Like, I'm surprised DeGrom didn't sign with the Yankees because he would have fit right in. I mean, it doesn't matter, like, what year, what, it, like, the Yankees are just now like a mash unit. Stanton down for the count. Judge down for the count. Carlos Rodon. How about Carlos Rodon, who gets a back injury while he's rehabbing a forearm injury? Like, how does that happen? You know, Harrison Bader, who they traded for last year, who was already hurt when they traded for him. All right, he had a couple of games in the playoffs where he got a hold of a couple of them. Great. And yet he's hurt already again this year. We haven't seen him. Like, what is it about this team? And those are just a few that I named. They already made changes to the training staff for whatever a couple of years ago, and yet it's still the same damn thing. They talk about Eric Cressy and his methods like he's like the freaking Messiah, but these guys still can't stay on the field. So what good is it if you're paying these guys all this money if none of them are ever going to play? That's what they need to get figured out more than anything else. And as far as the Mets are concerned, like who knows if they're going to play baseball today? I mean, the weather stinks. It looks like it's going to rain for the next two days. I don't know how many of these next few games they're going to get in against the Atlanta Braves. And i got to be honest with you. If you're a Met fan, unless you just have, like, absolutely nothing to do this weekend, just pray for rain, you know? Because if you're going to have to play the Atlanta Braves and make up these games, you'd much rather have them come back later in the season when the Mets are actually going to have, like, reliable starting pitching that they might be able to throw at the Braves because the Dave Peterson story is nice, but I mean, it is what it is. You know, he got through four innings last night and then the fifth inning rolled around and then the Braves were really starting to square up some balls and that was the end of that. Raindrops came and then they finally put the tarp on the field and called it a night. Um, They got some issues right now with this starting rotation. They do. And they got to get this thing figured out and they got to get some of these healthy bodies back. You know, Scherzer's suspension will be over soon. Who knows what you're going to get after that, though, considering that, hey, Major League Baseball is on to him with this sticky stuff. You know, Verlander, you hope, comes back and doesn't skip a beat the rest of the season, but he is almost 40 years old. And then some of these other guys, you kind of just like, you know, make the sign of the cross every time they step out on the mound, and you hope you can just get five decent innings out of them. And Senga hasn't exactly been, you know, something worth writing home about either. You know, he's good for about four or five walks a game every time he steps out on the mound. Mets got some issues when it comes to that starting pitching. They do. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let's get your thoughts on everything that we've been discussing today. We'll do that when we return. Dan Grasser Show till noon right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Dan Gross' show. We're rolling until noon. Then it's Anita right here on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, exactly. 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 Harvey, what does your gut tell you? You think your, uh, your boys in red and black? And we're talking about the hockey team, not the disaster that is the soccer team that you support, but... Your hockey team, you think that uh, they finished the job tonight or you think uh, there's going to be a date Monday in Newark? What do you think? No, they finished it tonight. It's over. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. That's Harvey Cruz right there. Yeah. Ranger fans um, have seen nothing from this team in the past three games. I've seen wow. everything and then some in the past three games. So it's over tonight. It's amazing. See, like, as I told you, I'm like in the middle of the storm right now. For some reason, like, they want to include me in this. Like, you would think you I mean? was the guy underneath the mask in the devil's net or something. What like, you, you would think I'm the one preventing the Rangers from winning these games just because I said after the first two that the Rangers are going to win this series in probably four or five games. That's all it takes. And apparently, right, like, like it's my fault. Me. Like, the Rangers heard me, the Devils heard me, and that's why this series has completely shifted over the last three games. I mean, I thank you for it. You spoke the spoken word, and now um, my Devils are in the driving seat. So I appreciate it. But that's that wasn't the intention. You know that. I, I was I don't think calling I, it I don't like know that. I saw it. I mean, I appreciate it. I don't know if, if, I, don't know if I know that. I don't know I'm, if you even know it. I'm telling you. You trust me. I mean, why would I lie to you? You're a dear friend. I appreciate it. But, hey, if that's what it takes, then lie to me some more. I mean, I'll take that. But I got these, you know, these yo-yos in the morning with Dave and, and, and Rick and all them. They're calling me out as if, like, I am the jinx and I'm you, the one that turned the tide of this series. You said it on their show. Yeah, I said it. So <laughs> I believed it. Well, like I said, why wouldn't you? It is funny because after the first two games, I mean, you, you even heard me during the breaks. I was distraught. The first two games were like, it, it was like the varsity against the JV. And now it's, that's what it was the past three games a now. Team, a team, well, no, more so just the last game was. The, the Games three and four at the Garden, those were close hockey games. Those could have gone either way. Game five the oh, other game night five. was like, What a wow. dream. What a you dream. Know, game five was like, damn. Okay, now we, now like, wow, Akira Schmidt looked like a brick wall. Akira, finally Akira. In this series, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, have you ordered the Akira Schmidt jersey yet or no? Not yet. Um, they got to wrap things up first, and if I'm hoping they wrap it up tonight. Speaking of jerseys, how many Jet fans out there have already put the order in for the Aaron Rodgers jersey? I mean, those things got to be selling like hotcakes. All that merchandising money, by the way, I don't know how many people know this, that goes to the league. Like, it's not the Jets. Like, the, the league takes that money. So it's not like they're benefiting from it. But... Yeah, that I'm gonna I'm gonna wager a guess that whenever you get to June, July, whenever the NFL like publishes these things, I'm gonna say that the Aaron Rodgers Jets jersey will probably be one of the top selling, if not the number one selling jersey in the league. Just gonna go out on a limb. And uh 
hey, that's part of this thing. You know, you bring in a guy like that, you're going to reap the rewards. I mean, that's going to do big business for the Jets. And, you know, the merchandise they're going to sell and, and all these other things, and the league is going to benefit from that. You get a star player switching teams like that at that point in his career, it's bound to. No different than when Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay. Everybody had to gobble up all their Brady Buccaneer things. And, you know, Peyton Manning goes to Denver. Same type of principle, right? I mean, think about when Brett Favre came to the Jets. Just, it was just for one year, but saw a lot of those Favre jerseys all over the place. All right, let's get to the phones here. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let's say hi to Eddie in Brooklyn. He's up next here on 9870 ESPN. Ed, how are you? Hey, sure on, man. What's up, Ed? Uh, I just got – I'm a longtime Jets fan. First game I saw was 1969 in the Super Bowl, so I'm pretty old. But uh, I'm, I'm trying to understand one thing. Mm-hmm. There's like 200 college football teams out there. Are you telling me there's only three offensive linemen, and after that it's like, oh, my God, what happened to all – there's no plays left? Well, where, 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 where is the rest of these guys? How, how could that be possible? I don't understand. In what regard? There's only three pickable offensive linemen in the first round out of all the college players. In, you mean in, tackles? In you mean the tackles yeah, tackle, is what you're tackle, saying. Right. I mean, I, I think I, I'm glad they got the guy they got, but they couldn't find another offensive lineman somewhere. Well, it, it just it, seems it, like weird to me that there's so many. It is. Well, it's not just – it, here's the thing, Ed. It, it's not just the fact – and I thank you for the phone call, by the way um, – it's not that there aren't available tackles. Of course there's available tackles. But you're not going to reach for a guy who maybe you don't grade out to be worthy of being picked in either the first round or the second round and, and, and take him in that spot because then you're doing yourself a disservice. It's a, I mean, for example, if you go, you go to buy a new car and you know, you're going to buy a nice you know, fuel-efficient Ford or whatever. But then at the dealership, they want to charge you the same price as if you were buying, you know, you know, a fancy BMW or something. You're going to be like, well, well, why? They're going to tell you, well, you need a car, right? You need a car. You don't want to be taking a bus. You don't want to walk to work. Winter's coming. You, you need something you can drive. So you're desperate. We're, we're going to charge you, you know, four times the price. You're not going to do that, right? Just like these teams with the draft, like you're not going to take a prospect that you don't think is worthy of a first or second round grade just because you need an offensive tackle. That contradicts all the scouting and all the homework you've done for the last several months. Remember, you knew this before the draft started. This was not a great draft. And it's playing out that way. Go back to Thursday night. I don't know how many of you were locked in on the draft or locked in on Rangers Devils or whatever else was on that night. Look at how many teams in the first round traded down. There was at least like five, six trades in that opening round. Why? Because teams realized that, you know what, there were not even 20 guys who got first round grades, regardless of position. So if I'm sitting there, you know, picking in the teens, the 20s, whatever, like I'm not going to waste a pick on a guy who I don't think is worthy of being drafted at this spot. Let me trade down, get myself a couple of extra draft choices, whether later down in the draft where maybe the grades are a little bit more where these players should be taken or maybe even for next year where maybe the talent pool is a little bit better. A couple of reasons for that, though, by the way. I, I discussed this on the show. I can't remember what day it was, whether it was Thursday, Friday, whatever. The reason why the draft was so bad this year 
Number one is NIL, right? College athletes, with all the money that they're making now in school, a lot of them aren't declaring for the draft where maybe they would in the past because I could still be in college, make a hell of a lot of money, six figures and up on a name, in- name image likeness deal, but I could still enjoy the spoils of being a college kid, not even worrying about the real world or, or being a pro yet. You know, I could have it both ways. That's number one. And number two, remember, a lot of the players that are in this draft, you know, they're third, four-year players in college right before you can actually declare in the NFL to, to go to the draft. So a lot of these players, all these players, they were beginning their college careers in the COVID season in 2020. And if you remember that college football season, it was like all hell broke loose. And depending about what part of the country you were playing football in, you played a different amount of games as, let's say, a guy in another part of the country. Like down south, they played a lot of college football games. But if you go out west, for example, like the Pac-12, they barely had a season. They played like maybe three, four games. The Big Ten didn't begin play until like late October or something, and they maybe only played like six or seven games. So it was just nuts. You know, and as hindsight also shows you, that was the year that BYU played a lot of football games, and Zach Wilson tore it up and maybe played against some competition that wasn't top-notch, and that also made him the number two pick in the draft because of it. Point being... Those years, as it was told to me, right, first, second year for a player, when they get into college, those are like the fertile years in terms of their development. That's when you have somebody who's got, like, God-given ability, and you want to coach them up, and you want to be able to allow them to harness all of this ability and to bring the best out of them. Those first two years are critical in their development. Well, Because one of those years was the COVID year, players weren't able to necessarily get that coaching and that tutelage that they ordinarily would get any other year. So because of that, those guys are now a large degree of this draft class. So they're not as fully developed prospects as maybe you would have in the past. That are those are the primary reasons why this draft is subpar compared to so many others. And people are calling it like the worst draft in like decades. So why would you want to have a lot of like primo picks in this draft when the talent pool isn't necessarily as good as it should be. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. You go tell your friends that story about the draft if you're going to watch it a little bit later on. You look like the smart kid. Dan Grasser Show, we go till the top of the hour right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. And hey, it's time for MLB Round Trippers and it is driven by Coach USA. Last night you had a couple of round trippers. Unfortunately, it was by the guys who were playing the locals. You had Matt Olson pretty much put to bed the game at City Field. 
his eighth of the season from the Atlanta first baseman. Then you had Robbie Grossman hit his third of the season for the Texas Rangers in their 5-2 victory over the New York Yankees. And that is MLB Round Trippers driven by Coach USA. Make your commute to the city easy on a Coach USA bus. For schedules and fares, go to CoachUSA.com or download the Coach USA app to buy, store, and scan your tickets. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let us say hi to Key and Clifton up next here on 9870 ESPN. Key, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, Dan. I'm good. How you doing? Key, outstanding, buddy. What's going on? Uh, not much. First, I'm at work, but uh, first thing, shout out the company. Shout them um, out. Yep. And before I get to the Knicks, uh, I tweeted at you about about the impersonation before. Man, when you do those, so great. I, I think the Rocky one is my favorite, though. When they play that on DNR in the morning, I die laughing about the turtle food. Yeah, then that's why you always got to be listening because you ne- I don't even know what's going to come out of my mouth, to be honest with you. So you never know what's going to be lurking. I'll tell you, all I can tell you is that there's a lot of them in that head of mine somewhere, and, and you know, we just got to pick and choose when they're going to make an appearance. Commissioner Rob Manfred. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Kennedy Rob Manfred. Um, so, uh, yeah, about the Knicks. Um, so I'm going to this game tomorrow. I'm, I'm very lucky nice. because I have a friend, uh, my friend Eric, who works for the Garden. He's taking me as his guest. Um, you know, I'm just yeah. So, but did you I'm want so to shout out Eric man. like that though, Key? Because if you shout out Eric and like, let's say if somebody from the Garden is listening to this, they're like, wait a second, what if what if Eric ends up like getting a couple of tickets that maybe he shouldn't have got, and then like you're involved? And all I'm saying is like you might want to keep that on the QT because like if you give up Eric's kind of secret, if you blow his cover, that might be the end of the tickets. You know what I mean? Yeah, good point. Good point. I'll keep that in mind. Keep it on the Q2. Yeah, oh, for sure. Um, so, yeah, man, I'm just so excited, man. I, I'm 33, and, so, you know, I, I grew up, you know, watching, seeing some of that Nixie stuff. I didn't really, you know, fully able to take it in. Um, I, I went to one Knicks playoff game in my life. That was in 2010 when the Knicks lost to, Carme- uh, lost to the Celtics. They got swept uh, when Melo was on the team. Um, and I'm just so excited. And you know what? I know this is not the same. There's not a rivalry. Um, you know, Josh Hart said it's not really a rivalry, and I get it. But you know what? I mean, the fans are going to feel it, and this might be the start of something new. Um, and, and you got dogs on the teams. I mean, we'll see if Randall can play, but uh, Jimmy Butler, you know, he's a dog. He's going to bring it. You know, Brunson, all these guys. And, um, you know, the Heat are good every year, or at least in contention. The Knicks hopefully are building something. So, you know, I, I just, you know, I feel like that's being downplayed, but I think it's the start of something that might be great. No one's going to be swinging at each other. That doesn't happen anymore, but I'm a super excited man. And if the Knicks win that game one, uh, they might have to put barricades around seven oh. times. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. But th- thanks for taking my call, man. Key, you'll be good. Appreciate it. And uh, enjoy the game with Eric tomorrow at uh, MSG there. You know, it's interesting. You think about that, right? Rivalry. I think when you, you know, what constitutes a rivalry? Obviously, you got to be winning games. You have to meet in big matchups, big stakes on the line. So, like, Knicks Heat, you know, once upon a time, like, Keith, I mean, it was a rivalry, right? You meet in the playoffs four straight years like they did in the late 90s. I mean, that was a rivalry. But it's been a long time since these teams lock heads in the postseason. Like, for example... Knicks-Celtics is a rivalry by the letter of the law because they've been in the same division forever. It's New York, it's Boston. But 
you know, it's really been a long time since the Knicks and Boston played for anything like really, really, really super significant, right? Same thing with Knicks and Philadelphia. You know, they're separated by the turnpike. You know, hour and a half drive, whatever. Division, all that, whole nine yards, New York, Philly, I get it. But when was the last time Knicks and Philly played for anything significant? You know, and that just, you can make that case with almost any one of these teams because it's been a long time since the Knicks were firmly in the conversation about being one of the Eastern Conference's elite. Now that's here. Like, Knicks just played Cleveland in the playoffs. All right, that's a playoff series, but thats I don't think it's a rivalry yet. That was just a ho-hum, five games, Knicks were the better team, move on. I wouldn't call it a rivalry yet. You know what, though? By the time this series is over, given the fact that there is that history, even though it dates back a couple of decades, we might be talking about Knicks Heat, a rivalry once again, if things get a little spicy and a little physical, which ain't necessarily the worst thing in the world. Alex in the car is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. What's going on, Alex? How are you? Good morning, Dan. How are we doing? Alex, outstanding. What's going on? Here to talk Knicks here, man. It kills me to say this, but I have I have the heat in six. Ooh. I, I think Randall coming back, not 100% healthy, give him 75% being guarded by somebody as good of a defender as Bam and Jimmy have been, I think he's going to be not completely eliminated, but he's going to be, I think, struggling throughout this series. And he was a big part of our success throughout the season. And I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm very negative going into this. So the fact that you think Randall not being 100%, Jimmy Butler being Jimmy Butler, that's going to be too much to overcome for this team, you're saying? I mean, unless Brunson has stepped up like he has shown to be doing. I mean, he's been unbelievable this season. Well, here's the thing. Alex, let's, let, let's face it. And I remember saying this the other day. Uh, when, when you say unless Brunson steps up, Jalen Brunson, and this is the ultimate compliment that you could say about a player, Jalen Brunson has become almost a given he really has been. It's like death, taxes, and Jalen Brunson. The guarantees in life now. Like, I expect him to go out there and play a damn good basketball game every time he laces him up. You have to chalk up 25 for him every night, really. Not just that. 25, getting his teammates. Not doing anything to subtract from the Knicks' chances of winning a basketball game. And that's about the best compliment you could say about a player. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I t- Alex, you know what? I don't know how many guys I could say that about on this team. Like, I can't say that about Randall because we've seen it already in the playoffs to where you're like, he has off nights. I can't say that about R.J. Barrett yet, of course, because he's still oh, too fuck. wishy-washy. You know, Josh, believe it or not, if you say, okay, who's the number two guy you can maybe make that claim about? It might be Josh Hart because Josh Hart, you know what to expect in the minutes he gives you off the bench each and every game. He has been. He's been a huge pickup, Josh Hart, for this team. I mean, defensively, I mean, he hustles as hard as anybody else on, on, on that court. I mean, he gets rebounds like he's a center. He's a perfect he's, fit. He is a home is, run acquisition by this front office. And, and, Alex, thanks for the phone call, my friend. Um, you know, we'll see what happens there with your prediction for the game tomorrow and for the series. You think about these, you know, moves. Right. If, if I would have told you last summer, the Nick acquisitions really like from the offseason trade deadline to this point now, Jalen Brunson, 
Isaiah Hartenstein, Josh Hart. The only one that would really register even somewhat of a murmur would be Jalen Brunson, right? Because you're making a huge financial commitment. You heard so much that it was the worst-kept secret in the world that the Knicks had their eyes on him, that they were going to try to acquire him. You know, the playoff performance he had last year with the Dallas Mavericks. But yet there was still a little bit of a doubt because it's the Knicks. And generally, things have not worked out in their favor over the last, I don't know how many years when it comes to acquiring players, even if they seem to be a sure thing. So we were still a little skeptical. And it's been better than any of us could have even expected, maybe even better than the Knicks would have expected, how much better he's been than even as advertised. Isaiah Hartenstein was a guy like, eh, all right, how many people were watching the Clippers play? In this neck of the woods. Not many. And he was just, you know, he was a rotational player, did the dirty work, and, you know, it was all right. They got him. Wow, great. But he was somebody that the front office identified. He fit the metrics exactly the way they wanted to play and what he was able to bring to the court. Boom. And he has been sensational for them in the role that he is asked to play. And then Josh Hart at the trade deadline, you know, he was also a guy that was being talked up for weeks before they actually pulled the trigger on the move. And it was like, okay, Josh Hart, great. Another guy, journeyman. He's gone from team to team to team, really hasn't been able to find a home. He's not going to be anybody that moves. I remember saying this. He's not somebody that's going to move the needle. It's not like you're bringing a guy that's going to elevate you into the upper echelon of the Eastern Conference. But you know what? Shame on all of us. Shame on all of us. And how about giving some credit where credit is due to that front office? The front office that for years took a beating and couldn't win for trying. But everything they've done over the last 12 months, everything they've touched over the last 12 months has turned to gold. And you know what? I, I kind of worst kept secret in the world. Um, I don't think they need to hear me say it, but Josh Hart, keep him around. Give him whatever the hell he wants. Do not let him walk out the door at the end of the season. He is a Nick. He is a New Yorker, at least the way he plays. He fits this team and this city to a T. 800-919-3776. We'll close it out on the phones. Give a little bit of a preview of what's to come for the rest of the day here on 987 ESPN. Dan Grasa coming right back. People of Springfield, because of the epidemic, I have canceled my vacation to the Bahamas. This is the Dan Grasa Show on 98.7 ESPN. Then we'll turn things over to Anita. She's going to take it till 3 o'clock. Then Gordon Damer, GD, 3 to 7. Don LaGreca. As authentic a 30-minute bridge show as you are going to find because it will emanate from the Chase Bridge at Madison Square Garden from 7 to 7.30. Then he's got Ranger pregame. Devils Rangers at 8 o'clock. Kenny and Dave on the call. Will it be the last game for the Rangers? Will it not? Hey, I'm sticking to my guns. I think you're getting a game seven. I think the Rangers are going to win a home game and get this thing back to Newark for Monday. Now, as far as we're concerned, when you and I are going to touch base again, it is clearly going to be contingent upon what happens tonight at Madison Square Garden because if the Rangers win tonight, we get a game seven. That's what you're going to hear on Monday night at 7 o'clock. But if the Devils win tonight, then you and I are going to have our fancy little show again on Monday at 7, right after TMKS because we won't have a hockey game. So we'll see. Um, Harvey, what is the um, – Tonight's challenge or today's challenge for uh, the sinking ship known as the Red Bulls? Today's weekly challenge 
is a trip to Chicago where they have fared recently well in there. Last year, they played a wild game where it was a rain mm-hmm. delay. I was, It was like a half-hour rain delay. They came back, and then Patrick Kamal, who's no longer on the team, scored a penalty in the 100th minute, good I believe. Yeah, yeah, good for him. Um, but he's been in hot water recently. But um, it's just been awful, man. They have... It's awful. It's, it's, awful. it's the worst. I, I'm not even watching, and I know that it's awful. I mean, I'm, just, hearing, I mean, the, so I'm hearing the Mike Brownshire promo of the New York Derby. Like, what are we doing? Like, the know. first 15,000. I don't know if you have time to indulge me on a story. I don't want to take up too much of your time. But 2018, mm-hmm. I'm a, a university senior. I'm a senior mm-hmm. university the St. Peter's University. I was about to say, you should at least plug the school. You just make it like generic you. I mean, that's not fair to the school. I mean, they, they were nice enough to allow you to, you know, enter the front door. You should at least give them a pop. SPU, Peacocks SPU. all day. That's, that's right. right. We'll win the all Mac. the way to the Elite, the Elite Eight last year, for crying out loud. We'll win the MAC next year over uh, Joe's Iona School. No, you won't. <laughs> Those <laughs> are fighting words right there. <laughs> but, so in 2018, they had the T-shirt giveaway that they're going to have for this year. Mm-hmm. 25,000 shirts, one in every seat. Me and my dad mm-hmm. got some. Yeah. What they didn't uh, really plan for is that they had shirts on the away end as well. So it's Cinco de Mayo 2018. Shirts mm-hmm. everywhere. The Rebels are playing RCFC Derby Day. The week leading up to the game, my then girlfriend broke up with me. And days after the, the game, the Cinco de Mayo game, now, why did she break up with you? Because that's more important than Cinco de Mayo or anything else like that, or T-shirts. Nah, well, just how some, come the relationship dissolved? Yeah, just some disagreements. Just didn't mean it I, wasn't I, a I, soccer disagreement, was it? Like she wasn't like an NYCFC guy, and your or you know person in your red. No, Bulls. thank God, because that wouldn't no. have lasted at all. But the day did she get tired of like? Did did she go to the soccer games with you, and she just couldn't take it anymore? She's like, I can't go to the games no more, Harvey. Please, please, no more soccer. I can't stop. Nothing like that. No, nothing like that. Thank okay. God. She, we actually got back together. Really? And then, there was yeah. a reconciliation. There's a reconciliation. I actually, took her to two soccer games. So. Hey, that's just standard. But Now, do you feel that, and obviously this is now still a thing of the past. There's no relationship currently, right? No. Okay. Do you think, and, I, and again, if I'm you know, digging too deep here, you can you know, put me back in my place. Do you think that she was only interested in the relationship to have access to soccer tickets? No, because she didn't care one bit for the soccer tickets. Okay. That was just it like was more m- just about the companionship and spending time with you. Very fun times. Okay. The days after the end of the Derby Day, after Cinco de Mayo was senior prom, so she actually broke up with me during that time. But as far as the game so she, went, wait a sec. This is a, this is a tremendous. I mean, we're finding out so many different layers to this. So she dumped you right before the senior prom. Right before senior prom, we actually planned it out. I bought a red dress shirt because she was gonna wear a red dress. Um, and I love. Where was red. the prom? Like, where were they? What was it like? A Kill Bill theme? A red dress shirt? I was gonna wear a, d- a red dress shirt because we we're gonna match colors. So, all right, so she breaks up with you before the prom. Yes. Did, she, did you guys go to the same school? Yeah, yeah. We, went, okay. we, we met, the, like, during junior year. Gotcha. So she breaks up with you before the prom. Did she then turn around and go to the prom with somebody else? Um, no, she went with friends, and I went uh, technically alone. It was so t- then why couldn't you just go together then if you were both there? It was just going to be too awkward. Because it was already too soon after the breakup. You get me? Like, yeah, I I, I got you. But that Cinco de Mayo game of the Rebels and NYCFC was one of the great days of my life. 
because the Red Bulls won 4 nothing. They raced out to a 3 nothing lead at halftime to the point where we waved our, our, our free shirts like rally towels in front of NYCFC fans. And in response, the NYCFC fans, disgusting bunch, threw out the towels onto the pitch like mobsters. And they threw some to the fans and rocked the fans as well. I was there. Don't try to think that I'm lying or nothing, mm -hmm. NYCFC fans. I know what you are about. You rocked the fan to the point where a girl got rocked in the back of her neck. And it's just awful. So I got I to gotta worry about that in a few weeks. Plus, Philadelphia is coming into town uh, next week. It's just All a right, so, bad So basically, time. just because just we're running out of time here, and, I, and you know that I love you. So I do apologize. Cinco de Mayo's coming up here pretty soon. The soccer team is terrible. You broke up before the prom. Uh, you were out a red dress shirt. And she apparently wasn't thrilled with going to the soccer games, is where this whole thing kind of unfolds, right? Yeah, for the most part. But, for the most part. Hey, we're here now. Part. Yeah. All right. Well, well, nevertheless, so if I were a betting man, and I'm not, basically don't go all in on the Red Bulls is what you're saying today. Not well, these let's put days. It this way. I know enough, and I'm not following the MLS, but – I know enough not to go all in on the Red Bulls. Not the day, not these days, not anytime soon. You know, people are holding up uh, pictures of a flag yeah, of the Red Bulls because that's usually the sign that news is breaking, but no news has broken. No How about news the guy who was uh, uttering those uh, racial slurs or whatever? Is he back playing or is he still suspended? He did an interview, and apparently he was back in training um, these past few days. So guess what, everybody? He will yeah. be back. He will, well, be, he will likely start a game or come off the bench, and it will not be pretty. What's his name? Dante Vanzier. Dante Vantier? Vanzier. What is he? Vanzier. Yep. They don't have like a Dante Vanzier bobblehead day coming up soon. No, thank God, no. Imagine if they imagine if they had a talking Dante Vanzier bobblehead that they were giving out. I'm sure some of the things that would come out of that little character. Oh my goodness. Yikes. We don't need any of that. We're not we're not about spewing hate. Not in these neck of the woods. Not getting that around here no time soon. All right, real quick. Tino in Staten Island. My buddy Tino. Haven't talked to him in a while. Tino, you got about 40 seconds, my friend. What's going on? Dan, love you. Haven't talked to you in forever. Pleasure speaking to you. Dan, um, the guy that called before, he said the Heat in six. Dan, if this series goes more than five, I would be shocked. If I look at the Miami Heat roster compared to our roster, who is good on that roster besides Jimmy Butler? Bam Adebayo He's average at best. He, 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 he could give you fits. He could give you fits. Yeah, yeah, but Mitch is gonna Mitch is gonna take care of him. He's not gonna be able to do anything. Dan, who scares you? Caleb Martin, Duncan Robinson, Gabe Vincent. I mean, look at their roster. Kevin Love. You think that roster is gonna beat the Knicks? And your producer or the guy that picked up the, the call, he says he sees it going seven. Dan, I swear, I, if it goes five, I will be more than five. I will be shocked. This series is gonna be done quick. I'm so confident in it, the way they're playing defensively. The kids is going to have Jimmy uh, on, on check down with Josh Hart and Grimes coming back, so we're going to throw multiple bodies at him. I am really not worried about this series one bit at all, Dan. I mean, I, I... Tino, got to let you go because we got to say goodbye. We'll see how it plays out. Enjoy game one tomorrow. Thanks to Ed Cohen. Thanks to Harvey. Thanks to Joe. Maybe we'll talk to you Monday night. Maybe we won't. Depends on what the Rangers do tonight. Enjoy that as well. Dan Grass is saying so long. Anita's next here on 98.7 ESPN. I can't go to the games no more, Harvey. Please, please, no 
more soccer. The NYCFC fans, disgusting bunch, 